0: Top security officials in New York and around the country say domestic extremism is a top threat, especially as we get closer to the upcoming presidential election. Some of the far right groups that played a key role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol have a real presence here in New York, like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. We hear why Homeland Security officials are so concerned and why they're not as concerned about the far left on today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Claxton Hepburn Medical Center, dedicated to providing patient care and regional services to the people of St. Lawrence County. ClaxtonHepburn.org. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Thursday, January 25th. Our new podcast called If All Else Fails dives deep into the far right landscape in upstate New York. You heard the main episodes last week, but here's a bonus interview. The podcast hosts Emily Russell and Zach Hirsch speak with Jackie Bray, New York State's Commissioner of Homeland Security and Emergency Services.
1: We're seeing this incredible rise in hate-filled violence and hate-filled vandalism and hate-filled intimidation. And what we think we have to do to stop that is, one, we have to absolutely prosecute to the fullest extent criminal acts. But number two, so much of this are things that end up being largely protected by the First Amendment. And what our job is, is to make sure we have the tools and the tactics in place to interrupt before violence happens. And and threat assessment and management teams work to help us do that even before something has been triggered where law enforcement can be the right response.
0: Commissioner, many people in law enforcement are politically conservative and might feel some level of sympathy for a group like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers, which actively recruits veterans and police. How concerned are you about extremism within law enforcement?
1: Very. Full stop. We know that domestic extremists and organizations, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, the Bugaloo Boys, uh, recruit in former military and in active law enforcement, active, tired law enforcement. And... It is incredibly concerning to me the fact we not only see that across the nation, but we certainly have instances of that here in New York State. I think that it is incumbent upon our law enforcement agencies to recognize how deleterious how undermining to trust between law enforcement and the community, allowing people who are members of those organizations within our ranks is and uh, has been, is, will be. And I think New Yorkers should be aware that that is a tactic of these groups to recruit in law enforcement and form a military, and that we're going to have to take some action to protect our law enforcement from that.
2: We've interviewed folks about the far-right movement and violent extremism here in the North country, and a response we hear sometimes is that the Black Lives Matter movement is more violent and more disruptive, and that there's too much focus on the far-right, and that that's unfair. What would you say to that?
1: That's factually not true. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security for the two previous administrations, so both in the Trump administration and in the Biden administration, have been consistent that white supremacist violent extremism is the greatest terrorist threat to the United States, and that holds for New York, too. And while there has been an undermining of the sort of broad acceptance of institutional information, the truth is... That when we look at the facts, we see far more violent extremism and violent extremism that leads to death from racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists in the white supremacist and the neo-Nazi groups. Those are just facts. We don't see anywhere near that from groups like Black Lives Matter. It's not in the same category of groups. That doesn't mean that we don't look across the political spectrum for extremist activity. But we have to be clear-eyed and honest about where most of that violence is coming from. And right now, most of that violence is coming from white supremacist, anti-government, anti-Semitic, right-wing extremists. I would not be doing my job if I wasn't honest with New Yorkers about the actual facts. And those are the facts.
2: Why do you think the Black Lives Matter movement is the focus of those kinds of responses from folks?
1: Racism. You know, our original sin in this country is that of white supremacy. This country was founded on the backs of Black Americans, enslaved people, with land stolen from indigenous Americans. And that legacy persists. And as a white American myself... I have to own up to that. I have to acknowledge that. Far too many white Americans see black protest as threatening without any evidence that it is actually threatening or actually violent. And that's a legacy of racism.
0: So dozens of New Yorkers have been charged for their role in the January six attack on the U.S. Capitol. How concerned should we be about more of that kind of political violence leading up to the next presidential election?
1: U.S. elections are safe and they're secure, and it is incredibly important for our democracy that we all go out and vote. I am confident that in New York State, we have the resources and the plans and the coordination we need to make sure that our elections are safe, that our elections are safe from a cyber perspective, that our elections are safe from a physical perspective. Um, but, you know, obviously, the fact that we even have to have this conversation in this country, in this day, is heartbreaking and is designed by people who would prefer autocratic and authoritarian government to suppress our vote. And I think New York won't let that happen. And uh, I'm confident that our elections will be safe this year.
2: Knowing that there is online extremism activity in New York, you know, that far right flyers are going up, that there are groups that are active and public in a way. I, I guess what role does the public have to play in this moment?
1: That's such a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. I think two things. I think the first thing is that we all have to realize that we are in this moment of increasing hate and extremism, and every single one of us has a role to play. Your role might be to challenge that hate at the dinner table or to challenge it out at the bar with your colleagues after work. Simply saying, yeah, I don't believe that. No, I'm not. That's not cool with me. Is an important way to reassert the norms in this country to reassert that hate really has no place here. And then the second thing I want people to know is that you should not be a bystander to someone radicalizing in your own circle of loved ones. If you have a kid who is online and is going down rabbit holes and then is saying stuff at the dinner table that you know you didn't teach him or you know you didn't teach her, it's almost always him, but you know that you didn't teach them, If you have a student in your class, if you have a cousin or a parent that you feel like has been radicalized over the last several years and you're worried about, there are ways to seek help. You do not have to be a bystander watching family members radicalize, regardless of the ideology. It's not about ideology. It's about the fact that we live in a multiracial, pluralistic, democratic society that is worth fighting for. And fundamentalism of any type that leads to violence is a threat to that.
0: That was Jackie Bray, speaking with Emily Russell and Zach Hirsch, hosts of our podcast, If All Else Fails. Bray is the state's Commissioner of Homeland Security and Emergency Services. That interview is part of our new podcast on far-right extremism in upstate New York, If All Else Fails. And you can listen to all the episodes right now wherever you get your podcasts, or by going to ncpr.org slash if all else fails. Music today by Caitlin Scholl of Lake Placid. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.